Welcome to the Resistance Broadcast. That's right. TRB, podcast of StarWarsNewsNet.com. My name is John Ho. I hate it. Stop this. I, oh, you don't like that? No. Oh. It's creepy. <laughs> soothing. A little soothing. Nope. No? Exact opposite. <laughs> All right. If you think that was soothing, then leave in the comments soothing open. Hashtag soothing. Ew, no. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> All right. Welcome, everybody. It's uh, it's our Thursday show here on TRB. Uh, hope everyone's doing well out there. Welcome to the base. The base is open, baby. Uh, yeah, we're going to do some uh, discussing uh, uh, in general. We're going to do another uh, kind of this quarterly thing, I guess we're going to do. The State of Star Wars, uh, fall 2020 edition. Or Lacey where, has anxiety. Where later on, it was your idea. I, <laughs> I was trying to be nice. <laughs> well, we're just going to kind of um, hit go on it and then just see where, where we're thinking about Star Wars. We're no directive, no main topic for the discussion later. But we do have other stuff we're going to get into before that. Uh, James and Lacey uh, with me here as always. Uh, what's going on, guys? We got another uh, Mando fan show coming up tomorrow. Lacey back on the rotation for the Mandalorian Minute. Uh, and we're going to be joined by Katrina Dennis. <laughs> Uh, who uh, is going to talk to us about chapter 12. We're going to be the halfway mark of the season, which is kind of insane to think about. But how how are you guys doing? Yeah, it's it's so weird because I feel like, you know, that first episode came and then we got a second and it still feels like you're like, there's so much more to come. And then like you blink an eye and you're like, we're halfway through it. And you're like, what? Hold on. <laughs> Slow down. You mean like how it's yeah. almost Thanksgiving? You're like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know what would be really crazy is if they just had it on an ongoing thing uh, and it was episodes once a month, but they did oh, like 12 geez. a year, <laughs> but it, but it never stopped. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely something about the Mandalorian season. It's back. And this is a way better version than binge. By the way, I hate binging. I hate that whole concept, the culture behind it. I'm so glad it's it's going away, mm-hmm. if not gone. It's yeah. not. Uh, it depends the station. It depends station. It depends the uh, I know, distributor. The only thing that's good I know, to binge but it's not a thing. is a 12-pack of, of, of Bud Light. Everything else in the world, you don't have to binge. 12-pack of Bud Light, you binge that. That's mm. about it. I don't know what that means. <laughs> He's talking like a bro. Just keep going. Yeah, oh, yeah bro. Um, uh, when you well, get your Bud Lights and your friends, you gotta just drink well, all of them. Sometimes, James, when you don't drink beer, you drink coffee. And that's uh, true. I don't uh, drink that. Yeah, go, Do go, I get we, to talk about how I am? Go ahead, Lacey. Yeah. Hi, guys. I'm doing great. Thanks. I'm wearing my Make Solo 2 Happen shirt, and I've got dice earrings on. Wow. They look like uh, ear pods. Maybe? No, 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 no. They're dice. Earbuds. So, Do you, can you, can you I'm doing them? great. Can you roll them at all? I mean, you probably could if I took them out. Hmm. Yeah. Julie do they have all, coffee. Do they have all the symbols on them from Solo? Like They the, do. That's cool. Right on. Mm-hmm. Um, do you wear them for luck? I do when I wear my shirt. Excellent. Well, hopefully you have good luck and they make a little too happen because, frankly, it's been going on for quite a while. If you want your own, jewelrybrands.shop, TRB at checkout, get 10% off. <laughs> yeah. Or if you want to make a little too happen shirt, 
teespring.com slash makes a little to happen great um also uh yeah the coffee yeah the coffee brands yeah so last little plug here <laughs> i guess weirdbrothers.com uh we partnered with them and made our own coffee trb the resistance brew it is i like nice, to call it a passion project it's a nice light flavored coffee a mid-range coffee for you uh, casual coffee drinkers who who like that medium roast uh and all you have to do is go to weirdbrothers.com look for resistance brew you find it right there grab a bag Get it uh, for one of your family members or yourself for a little stocking stuffer, or what, what have you, uh, and and have some uh, coffee with us, TRB style. It's good. It's, it's an exclusive a, item. You got to join the crew and honestly, get the brew. You yeah, know what I mean? And they're they're a local business down in Virginia. This isn't some Starbucks thing. They're they're a small business trying to you know hustle and get Just through make their way in the galaxy. Yeah, you're trying to Shout hustle out and to get Paul. through. A tough year so uh yeah uh, thanks to paul and the crew down there and we just thought it was a fun cool idea uh and lacy went up talking with them and, and getting that lined up and we just thought it was so like when i told my wife and my friends i'm like i'm getting that coffee <laughs> blend they're like that is so <laughs> insane and yeah. ridiculous but, but fun. it's so cool. super it's fun. fun it is definitely fun so uh go get yourself a bag of uh coffee if you're a coffee drinker and might might as well do the trb ne- style yeah. next up is is fun co pops <laughs> <laughs> yeah right <laughs> um all right so james why don't we get into it uh will the force right let's do it yes i fear nothing for all this as the force wills it all right well before we get into will the force i do want to take a second to talk about our patreon um which of course uh, you know, is a great way to support the podcast. There's all sorts of things you can do as far as like, you know, liking the videos on YouTube and commenting and just listening to the show and sharing and retweeting and doing all sorts of other things like that. But if you really want to do like a solid, you know, join the Patreon because not only um, are you going to be helping to grow the podcast, but you're also going to be getting so much more content and that involves, uh, you know, like specialty merch. Um, we do uh, all the sorts of uh, bonus content questions and uh q a's every month like all sorts of extra videos i think we do like what eight mini episodes a month um easy yeah at least um and there's the there's the discord and it just it's it's a growing community and people who are in there really love it uh it's great uh but i will say one of the other benefits that you get is at the major level you can actually become part of the show uh, by submitting topics for this very segment that we're working on right now, which is called Will the Force. Um, so all these questions are from people who are uh, at the major level or above. Uh, so we want to celebrate them. But at the top, the top of the game uh, for the Patreon, uh, the resistance officers are our Patreon generals. And those people are Carmelo, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, Neil Shaw, David Probus, John Reese, Micah Harrison, Michael Gaines, Jetta Rosewater, Bethany, Russ Harbison, and last but not least, Kendall Gilner. Uh, so you guys are awesome. You Thank guys you. are, are, are major supporters, but not majors generals. <laughs> um, but speaking of major generals, let's head into um, our major supporters. Let's talk in uh, Will the Force. Uh, the first one is uh, we got a good question here, and this is this is interesting. I don't know. Could could be problematic. Will Baby Yoda <laughs> kill anyone in the Mandalorian? Lacey, I'm starting with you on this one. Um, do you think that uh, Baby Yoda eventually will kill somebody in this show? Well, technically, he already did. He killed the, the eggs and he eat, ate the baby spider in the egg. Okay. 
Hmm. Can, can I'm we, just saying he technically already wanna, did. I don't want to get into this egg thing. They weren't fertilized eggs. So it wasn't. But a, he also ate a frog in season one, which was also alive. So he did kill something else. All right, how, how, about, t- something that, how about something that's not an animal? Okay. Like, okay. Yeah, okay. Okay. Any, any one. I'm just, like, I'm just saying, John, I'm allowed to oh, give yeah. that little note. God. I'm just going <laughs> to do all Patreon questions from now on. Anyway, so off the hook. will they be able to kill someone? I think that he will, but he won't do it in the sense of like snapping someone's neck or something. I think it's going to be like he reacts to protect the Mandalorian and in circumstance kills someone. Hmm. John, what do you think? I don't think so. Um, I think they've been flirting with it. Um, you know, he chokes out Cara Dune because um, he thinks she's going to attack uh, Mando. Um, I, I think it would be... I, I, I think it would be a bigger issue than issues people have had currently because kids really love Baby Yoda and maybe that would be a little much seeing a baby do that kind of damage. Um, but I don't know. I could be wrong. You know, it's Star Wars is crazy. Star Wars is wild. This is an old Western show. A lot can go on. And we've seen Baby Yoda do insane things. And Favreau and Filoni said it. their intention was to make him uh, a little less cute in this season. Um, so I, I'm going to say no, but it, I, I, I bet I'm going to be wrong. I'm going to go with Lacey on this one. Yeah. I I think that it's an interesting question because it's it's so like in your face, but I think the show has the ability to be in your face and and be shock value uh, a little bit, and um, I think that this could come with a very big shock. Is like, oh, what has what has gotten him to that point, or how did this come to be? Are we really there? I think Lacey might be doing it best. Like he might be doing it to protect. Um, I don't know. There, there was some talk about um, uh, him being with Gideon for a while, and I'm like, I don't know, man. He could, he could lead him down the wrong path and other things. Like, there's some interesting stuff that they could do with the show. And I think uh, you said it, John, that um, they were trying to maybe lead him in a direction to be a little less cute uh, and a little more uh, prophetic, and you know, more gremlin. Um, and like, yeah. I mean, a, a a little bit more of like an asset, something like it's it, people don't want this thing because it's cute. They want it because it has power or it has uh, fortune attached to it, you know, or something like that. There's something that is supposed to be, um, I don't know, important about this. And it's not just that it's a living creature because <laughs> right. Baby Yoda's like a uh, Batman. He's like. I'm going to break my one rule. <laughs> Where are the drugs? Swear to me. <laughs> yeah. You can't I mean, kill anybody. Did, You're Batman. We kind of got that it. already with the light. Uh, <laughs> that wasn't part of the deal. You know what I mean? And he shoots the light out and stuff. It's like, this is the baby Yoda, the baby's like a uh, teacher. You know I mean? This is what he's witnessing. And- one thing that's overlooked in that second episode at the beginning when Mando just drops that dude out of the sky who took had the jetpack. Baby Yoda looks at him like. No, he like kind of laughs. The subtitles that it, he that's snorts. That's what I'm saying. He's kind of like, well done. Yeah. <laughs> like not like a oh. He's like, mm, well done. He mm. finds it funny. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like that old school Looney Tune stuff where the baby always laughs or. Baby Yoda's kind of sick in the head. I think. <laughs> Getting there. 
could be leading him down the dark side. Um, <laughs> all right. Our next question comes from our commander, Mark Magaha. And Mark wanted to know, will the story of how the rebels got the plans to the second Death Star be told in live action, either on Disney Plus or a movie? John, I'm shooting back at you first on this one. What do you think? Uh, quick answer, no. I don't think so. I don't think we need every story filled in or told. I'm sure it'll be a from a certain point of view story in three, three years or whatever. But I don't think this whole the Bothans had the information thing or whatever is going to become some sort of TV series or uh, movie. No. Mm-hmm. Lacey, what do you think? I agree with John. No. Everything he just said. So I also agree with this too. And I think it's interesting because it feels like a story. Like I understand where this question is coming from because it is, it's, it feels like they're, I don't know what it is, but it's something about the way Mon Mothma delivers the line, you know? And it's like many Bothans died to bring us this information. It's so heavy at that, at that exact moment that it sticks out in the dialogue. And for years and years and years, I mean, I know they kind of explored the story and legend stuff, but like for some reason, Canon just seems to like avoid it and avoid it and avoid it. And they put out a major motion picture uh, depicting the first time it happened but they, but Rogue One theoretically would have been very similar had it been this this story of how the plans were snuck out and, the, and how there's a secret that they're building another one. I mean, it kind of is there, and it, and they chose not to go that route. And they we, we still in today in canon do not even know what a Bothan looks like. We know yeah. in Legends, not in canon. So I feel like they're like really sticking far away from this story. And I don't think it's ever going to be a, a Disney Plus or a, a movie because it's too similar to Rogue One. They already they already kind of did it. Um, so I know it's not the same, but it's kind of similar. You know what I mean, Mark. Um, let's get to the next question. It's will the next president of Lucasfilm be somebody, uh, of notoriety, uh, that public and fans know, or is it going to be somebody that we've never heard of? Um, Lacey, I'm starting with you on this one. What do you think? I think it's going to be someone of notoriety that we know, because I think fans are very particular with who's driving the ship, so to speak. And, uh, I think if they pick no one, it's going to be bad because people are gonna be like who is this person they already do it with writers and producers and people involved in the actual creation of projects so i can't see them picking someone to be the president of lucasfilm that's not someone we at least know of Hmm. all right john what do you think this is tough because i'm trying to think of studio presidents and i don't know any studio president names. I don't know who's the president of Warner Brothers. I don't know who's the president of Universal. So it makes me think that they're going to go with an executive who knows how to be more of an executive uh, of a studio that we've never heard of. Um, Maybe the Bobs know somebody that we don't know that they feel can run a tighter ship. But wouldn't Um, you say that with Kathleen though? Sorry, just to follow up. Like when she took over, I would argue that many people didn't know who she was. I don't know because I knew Kathleen Kennedy because I love Spielberg and all those, you know, Amblin movies and she. But the general public, though. Yeah, I don't know. That's why I threw Mm -hmm. fans in here, too. Like, Mm -hmm. I think if you said Kathleen Kennedy, people knew of her. They didn't know Mm -hmm. her well. 
um and she had been with lucasfilm so long but I, i'm thinking way less known um so i'm gonna go with that i'm gonna say um on more of a, an un, less notoriety type of name and then creatively we may get uh a more known name but in terms of the executive thing i think it'll be more of the traditional executive studio executive yeah i i think this question is is really what is your definition of notoriety because they're not going to put in somebody like here's the thing is like i've never heard of bob chepek i've never heard of him totally like is is the next ceo of disney going to be someone you know no it was in fact not jim carrey <laughs> i know who jim carrey is it was not him uh i do not know who bob chepek is now is he famous does he did he come out of nowhere no people know who he is um he's been around he's on you know on boards and in meetings i'm i know people know who he is i didn't know who tim cook was and and i look back now and i'm like oh he was very important i just didn't pay attention that deep in into apple i really just looked at steve jobs and I kind of maybe knew a couple other faces that showed up in some of the meetings, but I didn't know who Tim Cook was, but he was around, definitely was around. Um, so, I mean, I kind of use that as an example. So when I look at this situation, is the next president of Lucasfilm going to be somebody I know? No, absolutely not. It's going to be somebody who's right for the job, who was bred and picked. And I don't, I don't think it's going to happen to be someone that they just feel like could do the job because fans know who this person is or they did a really good job over here. So we're putting them in this position. It's like, no, that's, I don't know. It just kind of just doesn't work like that. Um, I, I don't think, I think there are people who are in, who are in the public eye. Um, even though they don't need to be like story group, for instance, like they don't need to be in the public eye, but they happen to be, they're not actors. Right. Um, but I don't think someone I don't think the people who are in line for Kathleen Kennedy's jobs are the people who are in the public eye. Yeah, I mean, they th there's a there's certainly a pocket of fans who think that it's just going to be Rejuan? yeah pushed up. There's yeah Michelle Rejvan or something like that, but I don't know that that's going to happen. Yeah, like here, here's the thing. I think whoever this person is, if if not brought in specifically to do this job out out of the company you're going to look back at that Lucasfilm roster and you're going to go, oh, well, yeah, there they are. They they were well, on this, this list. I should have paid attention. This is what's going to happen. They're going to do this big dramatic reveal, like the the, the villain chair, and you're going to see it from behind, and it's going to rotate around, and who's going to be in the chair? Lacey Gillerin, president <laughs> of Lucasfilm. Spoiler alert. Look out, everybody. <laughs> In this ben shirt, Solo, exactly Solo, dressed like this. Ben Solo quadrilogy coming. <laughs> Get ready. Yeah. Ben Solo's back, baby. Uh, oh, hey, taking my back, babies. Only for Ben Solo. Um. So yeah, I, I like I said before, I think that really comes down to what you consider the notoriety of whoever this person is. Um, I think Lacey's looking more like, yeah, people are going to know this person because they've been around. Um, and I think she's right. But I think, John, you're right because you're saying, I don't think that when they say the name, I'm going to be like, oh, I'm going to be like, I'll have to look at And then everyone's immediately going to yeah. searching that person's name like, what are exactly. they Exactly. That's how I feel it's going to be. All right. Last question <laughs> for Will the Force this week is coming from another Patreon. Uh, this time, Commander Shane Dowry. Oh, new Commander. Shane, what's yeah. up? Um, and she wanted to know if we ever see well, could, she uh, Shane could be a he. 
Oh, that's true. Just say Shane. Shane wanted to know. <laughs> Shane wanted to know if we ever see Han, Luke, and Leia together again, will it be in a novel, live action, or animation? So, John, this is coming to you first. Which one do you think? Animation. Um, they will not. We'll never see them again in live action together. Um, they're not going to recast those actors post dating their original. They they like recasting pre, not post. And pre wouldn't work out because the age difference, Han, Luke, Leia, yeah. wouldn't work out. Post location difference. Star too. Wars, I don't think has done it yet. They even avoided it by bringing Carrie Fisher back from the dead. I don't think they like the idea. Fans would lose their minds, in my opinion, if they try to recast those those characters. Not happening live action. Animated, I could see them doing something. There's a big gap there between Jedi, Force Awakens. You could do the Ben Solo series, Luke. You could do stuff with Han and Leia there. Novel, couldn't care less. Uh, we've seen them in the novels, you know? So yeah. uh, I, I think animated would be the way to go. I think that's very possible. Lacey, what do you think? Yeah, I agree with John. He's given my answers this week. I think it's payback for last week oh baby (laughs) given his answer on purpose um no i think animation is the easiest way and it's because of all the reasons he said they're not going to recast those people unless they're younger and the age is a little too far from han luke and leia so animation makes the most sense there's a lot of people that can do really good impressions of these actors and characters so uh yeah animation so this is weird that you guys are both going with animation and maybe that the clue in there is what John was kind of saying is like, cause the answer's novel. <laughs> the answer's you're going to get it in a novel. Cause like you said, they've already done it. They, they, they're probably going to do it multiple times. Like you'll probably see four or five novels before you see a live action series or uh, I mean animated series even. What is it? What he's, what are you doing? He's doing the money. money. I don't know what that. I don't understand. What he's. I, think you, I don't you, understand the context. The characters are more lucrative, I think, for uh, an animated series than a novel. But it's your turn to answer. Just... But that doesn't have anything to do with wh- what the question is. Will we ever see Han, Luke, or Leia together mm-hmm. again? Mm-hmm. Will it be in a novel or live action or an animated series? It's going to be in a novel. Okay. Want to make it interesting? John is like wanting to make a bet I don't, this I year. Don't... He's like yeah, dying I, to make a bet. Make pie a bet. bet. I want to do a pie bet with James on this. You, you, you think that it is more likely that the next time we see those three together, it will be in an animated series versus some author writes about it? Yep. Take the bet, James. That's, Take the bet. <laughs> that's crazy, John. Take it. Take the bet. I mean, had we taken this bet last week, you would have lost because from a certain point of view, it just came out. But That's he's making it this. Yeah, doesn't count. <laughs> he's I'm making it saying. this week, though. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'll take that bet. That's whatever. Right, oh. I, 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 how do you know something? <laughs> <You're gonna> <laughs> Even <laughs> if you did know something, I feel like an animated series isn't probably going to come out for another year or two. I don't know. I'm just anyway ready to see the pie in the face, whoever it is. <laughs> well, let's let's get to uh, that's it for Will of the Force. Let's go ahead and get to our discussion, which is going to be an interesting one yeah. um, this week. What do we got, John? 
Obi-Wan once thought as you do. All right, so we did this once before. You guys seem to really enjoy it, so we're going to do it again. Uh, the State of Star Wars, Fall 2020 edition. Um, uh, first off, if you guys want some cool merch, uh, we did partner up uh, with Jewelry Brands. Go to jewelrybrands.shop and uh, check out what they got there. They got Star Wars stuff, Marvel stuff, a lot of cool stuff. And to check out, just use TRB and get 10% off. Uh, so just an option for you. If you already like their stuff and you want 10% off, we're here to help you out. Um, every once in a while, we do like to take the time on the podcast to have an open discussion about the state of Star Wars. Um, we do this a uh, few months back. You guys loved it. So now it's time to do an updated version. Um, and, you know, no directive here, just kind of a general chat of what we think has been going on. Uh, the first thing I'd like to point out to kick things off is this sort of instinct of people to always want or say when they're talking about it some any character they're talking about that that character should have should get a disney plus series <laughs> it's it's frog lady should get a disney plus series Enfis nest needs a, a disney plus series val from solo needs a disney plus series like they're like small fringe supporting uh, characters don't exist anymore. Everything needs to be heavily arced, major plot, like backstory, origin story, with all this stuff. Like, every, like the whole idea that all these characters, we need all this fleshed out for all these things. Like, in the, even in the for certain point of view, we're getting the, the inner consciousness of a tauntaun. Like, I, I, this, this, I, I don't know if you guys have seen that a lot, but I'm always seeing people throw around blank needs a series and it's just and i know we're doing the han the han solo thing but i think that makes more sense but i feel like there's just a lot of that going on i don't know if you guys well, have seen that and it's just like kind of crazy to me for for me i i think that's just it feels like that's what fans are saying because you put 20 people in a room right and you say do we all agree and everybody in the room agrees that we shouldn't not every character deserves their own backstory. Probably like one cool side quest story show would be would be neat. And I think we all agree with that. Now, you ask all 20 of those people who they think that one show should be about or that one character that they particularly find interesting. You're going to see them all say, oh, I think it should be Val. I think it should be Phasma. I think it should be this the Tauntaun, right? You know, whatever. I think... We're getting a lot of perspective from different fans that are saying, I think it should be this. I think so-and-so deserves that spot. And so it feels like the fandom as a whole is saying that every random character should get a a thing. And when in reality, nobody's saying that. Everybody's saying, "I, I personally enjoy this character and I would be excited if they did get a show if they got the shot to get the one show, does that make sense? Yeah, I think yeah. I kinda. think it's just hard to dis- discretion when you're when you're looking at like social media and what everybody's saying. It feels oftentimes like kind of like what we used to say about the fans. Like you do this with the fans, they hate it. You do this with the fans, they hate it. Still, it's like no, you're talking about different fans. The fans that the hated the first though. thing love the second. Right, but the people that loved the first thing hate the second. Like it's I think the difference is though that with this in particular the series thing is that it's not just mm-hmm. fans talking, it's like sites running with it. So sites claiming 
and other podcasts claiming that all these series are in the works and that they've overheard things. I mean, in the past year, we've heard what? Afra, Maul, Lando, Kira, uh, Cara Dune, Cara Dune, um, Bo Katan. Yeah. So, Ahsoka. <laughs> my my thought about it is one of the examples you gave, John. I kind of disagree with you with Emphis Nest. I think that there is possibility there to have a really cool series about the uprising of the rebellion. I know that we haven't seen Cassian yet, and so we can't. I can't fully make that judgment yet until we see what Cassian's all about. And there's been kind of what we understand is like maybe she could show up there. I would like to see that series. Which might play into mm-hmm. both of your reasoning of, hey, I'm a fan that would like to see that. Uh, we call her Infus yeah, Best just for a one reason. one character for you, but right. you and the crowd of 19 other people sounds sure. like 20 stories that all deserve. And sure. Not, not, but I uh, think, I'm going to let you pick up, Lacey, mm-hmm. but I am not anti an Infus Nest series. I just brought it I'm up not because saying that's, one, that. mm-hmm. that's one that people... Yeah. I'm not saying that. I just think that you said that she's a secondary character and I disagree, which is fine. That's fine. That being said... I do think that there is kind of an interesting model that could be explored within Star Wars of a certain point of view book kind of into a show would be cool to me in the sense of like a black mirror where you have one full season, but every episode's a different story or something Mm -hmm. like that, where you could potentially explore some of these characters in live action if you had one episode dedicated to that one character and they got their moment and you got to have some little background, maybe an explanation of the story that, you know, kind of like a galaxy of stories type thing is what they pitched Galaxy's Edge originally. Like this would be cool to me to get these little moments from certain characters. But I know that there is this balance, you know, joking force balance. We talk about that with Star Wars, but there is a balance of do we need this? Because I think oftentimes as fans, we want everything and anything there is about whatever character it is that everyone's geeking out about that week. But there also is some type of wonderful thing about Star Wars of not knowing, of kind of leaving it up to the viewer to decide what happens or what could have happened to this character, or what could have come after the fact that is kind of being missed currently. I feel like we're getting all these stories and tons of content, which is wonderful. But at the same time, it's like, do we need that story? Does that need to be told? So it's just kind of like this balance of like, what do we need versus what do we want versus fan expectation versus what Star Wars wants to put out there as stories that they think are important. Because I see something like, you know, the certain point of view book is a great opportunity for so many authors to kind of dip their toes in the Star Wars pool. But at the same time, I'm like, okay, but could they have spent the time creating a canon full book instead? Like, it's kind of what we've talked about with shows before, where you have all this time being sent on, spent on one show, but that means something else is being ignored. Something else is being yeah, pushed yeah. aside. So I just kind of wonder, like, people are hearing all these things and we end up learning, like, hey, it's because they were in The Mandalorian. It's because of this. And it's like that balance of maybe that secondary character is just a secondary character. And that's where the story yeah. kind of ends. I feel like I feel like number one, it it depends on what kind of a fan you are. So, for sure. instance, like the the general fan doesn't 
know about all these weird side stories and quests and secondary characters and a lot of people now even this day is like people are watching the mandalorian and stuff but they don't they don't know that like ahsoka is from the clone wars and they don't know all that stuff you right. know what i mean so none of that stuff is like too much to them um it doesn't feel one way or another in fact like that's that's an interesting perspective is like there's going to be a lot of people who watch the Mandalorian and are like, why can't star Wars just give us the hits and quit trying to force feed these new characters that, uh, you know, nobody cares about. Nobody cares about this character, this Ahsoka character that they created for this Mandalorian show. And it's like a totally different fan is like, why can't they give us new content? Sure. Keep delivering us the same stuff like this Ahsoka, like Ahsoka. We're tired of Ahsoka. Stop putting her in her, in our face. You know, it's like, sure. It just depends on how deep you want to go. And I actually feel like, I mean, I wasn't, really paying attention this close to star Wars by any means when it was, um, uh, expanded universe. But I feel like now Disney star Wars has done a really good job at giving us new with a whole lot of nostalgic and old together. You know what I mean? Even when you look at the sequel trilogy, it's this big debate over how fresh and new and different it is and diverse and all this other stuff. But then there's a totally different argument that's like, it's all the same and they did nothing different and it's just a, a copy of it, you know? I feel like they've done a really good job at um, opening up the world to, to new ideas and new characters and creatures and stories and other things while still all feeling very familiar and grounded in like, here's a character that one time ran into a character from the movies, you know, know? and we're going to tell you the story about when they ran into that character from the movies because it's relevant. Um, But the majority of the story is new and fresh. You you know, what's kind of crazy to think about and because I'm thinking about like things beyond the Mandalorian because uh, you know, the Mandalorian is going to be gone in four weeks or whatever five weeks and it's going to be like oh my god like it's over now what's next what, what's going what's what's coming next come on we need more and then you think you start thinking about kenobi um you start thinking about casting andor which you know production's starting on casting andor now and kenobi starts in march uh so those things are a little ways off so then really the next thing we have to look forward to aside from that bad bat show which I, i'm not personally that excited about is mandalorian again uh, but you know, I, I'm thinking about the Kenobi series and man, that thing is going to be so anticipated and s- people are going to be so excited for it. And it's going to be gone in a flash. Like we're talking about how quick the Mandalorian season two is going. Like if that Kenobi series is four to six episodes, it's going to be gone so quick and just done. And you and McGregor's finished with star Wars again. <laughs> so it's going to be a very weird thing because it, it was it's been announced for a while. We've been getting you know snippets of this writer's coming in, Joby Harold's coming in now. Uh, Deborah Chow, I'm so excited to work with her. We're doing the screen test. Ewan McGregor's getting ready to come back with the volume and stuff, and it's going to be all this build up and stuff, and it's going to come and bang, it's going to be gone, and that's it. And I think that's just so crazy, and it hits. To me, it hits on a different level than a movie because I feel like the theatrical movies pack this punch and come with all this other pomp and circumstance you have the premieres the events the late night show appearances and stuff and i don't think they do that as much 
for these series. So I feel like it's more isolated in this streamlined thing. I mean, they may drag, you know, Ewan McGregor out to do the rounds and stuff, but I feel like the movies just come with way more stuff. And, and uh, it just, it's going to be cra- a crazy feeling when all of a sudden we blink an eye and, and Kenobi's just gone in a rear view again. And we're like, wow, thanks. It was good seeing you, pal. Um, <laughs> that's it, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know how to follow that. I I thought, I thought one thing... Um, I mean, and I don't want to get too into this, right? But you were saying after the Mandalorian season two is done, the only thing we have to look forward to. And I was like, well, the next thing is High Republic stuff. I, I mean, visual mediums. I, yeah. And I understood where you were going with yeah. it. You you went down that line and, and you brought up a really good point about Kenobi and all this. But I mean, I, like pacing wise, like I think we're, we, there was a period where we were like, we understand the pace of Star Wars. The under the the pace is one movie every year, every December, and then the solo thing happened. And I think everybody was like, "Hold on, I don't, I don't, I don't like what's going on here." I enjoyed the pace, and and the pace tried to get its heartbeat back, but by the time it it, it released another movie in December, it was like, "Oh, we're done with movies." <laughs> so it like. Um, it was like a, a weird hiccup that just ended in <laughs> the death of cinematic Star Wars. Now we feel like we're a little bit back on pace with the Mandalorian. So we kind of have this like, um, Hey, we got, we got, uh, new books. We got, uh, comics are always around and they're doing their thing. Um, maybe, maybe every once in a while, like an animated show or something, but, uh, we get that live action show at the end of every year and it, you're right. I think like, I think the pacing is about to get back more into sway and we might even get multiple live action TV shows here in the future. We, we still have debated that timeline endlessly of like, are we going to get, um, are are certain shows going to get pushed back to make room for this season of a show? Or are they going to do two, like one in the spring, one in the fall? We don't know. But, um, but I think they do a pretty good job at, at like, kind of like, giving us here's some video games here's some comics here's some books here's some things to get you by until we we get to the 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 christmas present if you will which is that like that fall live action television show and then when it's done we're working on the next one but until then Mm. here's some more of that stuff and i feel like that's kind of the current state right now because we have we we do have a clue but we have no clue when that movie's coming right yeah that's just off the radar. Like we're not even talking about, we're barely even talking about celebration anymore. Like we knew when celebration yeah. was, and then it's like, Oh, we kind of don't. And even if we did kind of know it's 2022, we still don't know. And that's the same thing yeah. with the movies as well. It's like, there's so much involved in that type of promotional material and content and stuff for this franchise. That's, that's unknown. Yep. Um, and the animated stuff too. I mean, we we know it's coming, but the only right. thing on the record right now is Bad Batch, and it's a big question mark when when it's going to air. I keep forgetting that that I keep forgetting about Bad Batch. Me too. I wish there, I wish there was an animated show, um, happening like closer to now, or 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 at least something else that we could look forward to. Like Bad Batch is coming, but also so is Blank. That's another thing that's going to happen let down me, the line. Bad Batch will be first, but this other let one me just is goes into that Marvel model there. of like, here's our slate for the next few years. 
like TV and movies. And you're like, oh, I know what I'm looking forward to now. I think the next Lucasfilm president will be a much more transparent person because Disney will make them be more transparent. Um, I, I think the old school ways of Star Wars being so super secretive and protective are gone. Well, what is it? What is it achieved? Even 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 in their most secretive and locked vault of ways, their whole plot for Episode Nine leaked months before the movie came out. We're so talking you know like what? July. It leaked. Just tell people yeah. that in 2025, this movie's coming out and it's about this. It's not a big deal. You know what I mean? But I, I want to pitch something to you guys to, to try to put a positive spin on something that was very negative. And James, you just brought it up. Um, so Lacey, hear me out on this. No. <laughs> what if Solo not doing well was actually a blessing in disguise because say it did really well and they're like, we're going to make more movies and then COVID hits and then everything gets screwed up. The movies get pushed back. We don't get as many maybe Disney Plus series or they have to take those movies and restructure them to series and those get delayed further, new writers, all that. And there's more drama and chaos and stuff like that. And what if they were planning on doing a solo two and they started that and they had to cancel that production and they just said, you know what, we're not going to do any more solo because uh, the one story, we can keep that in a bubble. We'll move on to other things. What if it not doing well and then putting the brakes before COVID happened on theatrical films opened up the possibility of restarting like solo post COVID as a series instead of a stop start. We were going to do a follow up. We had three movies planned sort of thing. Like what if solo not doing well winds up in retrospect being a blessing in disguise for solo and maybe star Wars in general. Well, I think there's a couple variables that are playing into this circumstance where you have to be like all kind of the pieces are aligned for it to be a series and that you know it didn't do well at the box office for a multitude of reasons it's got this cult following obviously i'm wearing a t-shirt about it uh this fan movement that tons of fans want to see including people in press and people at lucasfilm and all over the place internationally would like to see um i don't think they understood the popularity that they would achieve through the mandalorian and we've talked about that before like i don't think Mm -hmm. they realize how big of a hit the Mandalorian was going to be. I think there was a little bit of worry going into it. And that's why, um, you know, we had heard uh, through rumblings that Jon Favreau, like, really didn't want to show anything at Celebration. I think he was genuinely concerned of, I don't know how people are going to react to this. I don't I don't know how this is going to go. Um, but I think with how successful The Mandalorian has been, how it's driven a new path of revenue for Disney, especially given COVID, I don't think there is a better time to announce a solo series than right now because, first of all, they have the volume, which is another thing that saved them money. They're making money off their subscribers for Disney+. Plus. It would be a fan first project where they could say, look, you guys wanted this and we made it happen type thing, which I think Star Wars kind of needs right now. (laughs) Also, there's the age bubble for Alden. You probably got three years left to do this. Alden's not doing Brave New World anymore. Jonas is standing by. Uh, Amelia Clark is standing by. People love Darth Maul. I think we've seen over the past few years, Solo has aged very well with fans and with people that at first didn't like it for whatever reason now love it um yes i 
so basically, long story short, John, I think there are a lot of variables playing into it that it would be a, now more than ever would be a better time to announce and do a solo series. And everything's kind of working in its favor. Whereas I feel like when it was a movie, it had a lot of stuff stacked against it. And that's why we as the Make Solo 2 Happen people have gotten like, a, oh, that would never happen. We said we wanted a series early on, like September, October, before even The Mandalorian came out. We were saying how, oh, we think it would translate really well. Oh, yeah. And now tons of people so well. are behind that saying, give yeah. us a series. That's what we want. And it's not the same big budget. Well, it could be if they want it to be, but it's not going to be the same budget that it would have been for this movie. Um, so as long I would. They don't have to shoot it twice. <laughs> yeah. Well, well <laughs> here's the thing not. you can do eight hours of, or whatever, eight episodes of solo that winds up being, say, the episode averages of 40 minutes, uh, 320 minutes. That's four hours. That's or like two films right there. Yeah. Yeah. So, and you could do that on a budget smaller than you would have a theatrical movie in the pre volume era. like think about where they traveled for solo they went to italy the mountains of italy for vandor they went to fuerteventura for savarine uh england i think they did some filming in uh i don't know what if they did filming in the u.s or not but i think they did stuff uh in england at um pinewood i mean they they did a lot of location filming for solo they did they yeah. put a lot of money into this movie just on the regular budget let alone reshoots uh, you don't have to do that anymore, and I think they know that, and that's another thing pointing in their favor. Like, oh, you want to go to Vandor? Pop. You want to go to Fort Ventura? Bang. There you go. You know, it, it's it's weird, though, because, okay, so Hollywood has been kind of doing this for a while now. There's been this whole, like, n- movies don't have to be 200 million plus budgets. Um and we see it showcased all the time with smaller movies that are made for, you know, like $10 million and then they end up doing like a hundred million or 200 million or something at the box office. And there are, there are entire companies like Bloomhouse, for instance, that are, are just absolutely banking on this business model of do a lot of smaller movies. And when one of them breaks out, you cover the budget of like 20 other smaller movies. But big Hollywood doesn't seem to think that they they put a lot of money into like 10 movies and then like nine of them fail, you know? Right, right. Like instead of like a a 20 or 30 business model thing. And Star Wars isn't that that's that's a tough comp for me to swallow. I'm sorry. Like but Star- it is that it absolutely is that a Star Wars theatrical that- films. They're going to be budgeted at $10 million, James. They're not going to be budgeted at 10 million, but they're going to be budgeted like the Mandalorian. You're getting eight, con- eight hours of content. Um, if they film them the same way, I agree. That That's what I'm saying is I'm saying there's even, even in rise of Skywalker, like before the Mandalorian came out, we had JJ Abrams coming in and he's like, we're doing it on film and we're, we got to go to these locations. Cause you know, practical technology's yeah. getting good, but he, they just there there are filmmakers out there that are that are still kind of in the old way. And I, I'm not saying it's a bad thing; it's definitely a perspective. But like Quentin Tarantino and like Chris Nolan and and J.J. Abrams, Steven Spielberg, and stuff, even George Lucas, like James Cameron, they are so they are so involved in the way that film should be done you need the big budget you have to go there and really capture it um i 
I, I think that John Favreau is a, bre- a breath of fresh air in the cinematic world because he's saying, no, you don't. No, you don't. I mean, the budgets I'm, of his movies were pretty massive, though. I know, but... I think what like, James is trying to say is that Favreau's the person that's, yes, he has the big budgets, but he's willing to do things differently and change the game with that budget so that they don't have to be big budget in the no, future. No, I understand that. I think just, I think what, what we're showcasing here is, I mean, even your point, like you're trying to say that he has big budgets, but your point is that you don't have to go to all these locations anymore because right. Favreau and, and such have developed a technology that proves that you don't because we look at the Mandalorian and we don't go at the end of the day. I mean, like I still like it cause it's Mandalorian, but you can tell it's green screen or you can tell that's background. No, I, Whereas absolutely. like yeah. somebody would be, would be able to argue. I'm still glad that they don't do that stuff for the saga films or for the big budget movies and stuff. I'm glad they go to those locations like in Jordan and stuff and film those on location because it feels more real. I don't get that when I've watched The Mandalorian. I go, I would totally be down with this being a movie. Yeah. Like, yeah. it just depends on the story to me because the special effects and the location shootings and all that yeah, stuff and that I'm not arguing drives with up you. the budget yeah. is, is not, I don't think, necessary anymore. Yeah. And it's I, become a systemic problem in Hollywood. I, I agree with that. I also think Hollywood spends a lot on marketing for big theatrical films too that takes a... a a lot of cost uh, and also paying actors, big name actors is obviously a big thing too. When you're popping 20 million, $25 million off a, at a Chris Evans or a Robert Downey Jr. Whereas a Pedro Pascal, you know, you probably don't have to pay him as much, especially if he's just doing ADR and, and that sort of thing. And then you're, you're like, and his yeah. co-host is Amy Sedaris. Oh, okay. That, that works. <laughs> That's cool. Um, so I, I do, I'm not arguing with you, but I, I think there's still that, big difference i'm curious to see what star wars does with the the next theatrical ventures like what is taika watiti's movie going to be like is star wars going to be different in that way because of the technology are they going to use the technology for the movies and that sort of thing taika watiti's yeah taika watiti's next movie is uh love and thunder thor love and thunder and he has already said they're using the mandalorian technology stagecraft yeah so so that points to me that the next star wars movie <laughs> which Could is headed it. by Taika Waititi is going to be using stagecraft as which well. Which is great. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just, you know, do you think we're going to see a Star Wars movie in 2023? For no. Real? You don't? No. <laughs> I don't think the, you're going to see a lot of movies next year. Well, 2021. I mean, 2023 is still far away. Yeah, but as they shift everything, everything gets pushed back again. And I think Star yeah. Wars is one of those things that they're like, eh, we're, you know, it's not shot yet, so it can move. It makes but me you sure. know what? Yeah. Well, okay. JJ was brought in and he said, you basically got two years to the day. So it took him two years to produce The Rise of Skywalker. But he wasn't so under the travel said, restrictions that everybody else is under right now. Yeah. I understand. But even if he started... I guess that's true. Even I was going to say, even if he started January of 2021, which is actually right around the corner, he wouldn't be able to to finish it. You know what's so, funny though? That's a the, good, that's the, good. It depends how next year goes. It's a long yeah. story. And it depends if they are in fact going to do everything like they do the Mandalorian because they might be able to pull off a lot more with a smaller crew. Yep. 
Yep. Yeah. And also Possible. one thing that, you know, we, we've talked about in this podcast. I don't know if other people have dived, dived into. I think that's right. Um, Dove. Or have dived. Yes. Have uh, dived. Um, is the fact that the, this whole technology thing and these skeleton crews, uh, like you'd brought up, Lacey, can really protect story secrets. So if they still want to be secretive while still telling us face value things like this movie is going to be about the Ewoks or the Wookiees. And that's all we're going to tell you. But just so you Star Wars fans know, instead of being a bunch of uh, annoying uh, secret keepers of the the <laughs> old holy Star Wars, it's not going to be untitled Star Wars movie for the next 10 years. Just so you know, in 2027, you're getting a movie about this and it's called this. And that's all you're going to know. But that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Is that so hard? The thing is, they don't. I think they don't know. I, I they don't know what they're doing yet. I think that's the bigger thing. I think when they create this content, and I'm, I, I mean, I might be making stuff up because <laughs> I just, <laughs> I just don't understand how complicated all this the the chaos is. But like, I feel like when you when you do something like this, you need to also set forth like an information slate where it's like. You know, we're going to be doing, we're going to release this information. We're going to release this information and understand the, the, the drip or the process of giving that information out. And right now I feel like they have general understandings of like around maybe when a trailer could drop or something like that, like fall. But I, I feel like that's why it gets so many mixed messages as we get near or closer to the trailer because they're still like changing things and making decisions on stuff. I also, you know, the um, state of Star Wars, we always have to probably check in on the state of Kathleen Kennedy because... When was the last time we heard from her? That statement she made that they're taking the step back. In January? No, no, no. Remember it came out again and we were like, she said this again eight months later. I think it was like September. Oh, yeah, it was August, I think. August or September. Yeah, August maybe. And we, yeah, no one's seen her since or heard from her since. You got the Mandalorian, which she's obviously a part of creating out, and she doesn't. The Kathleen, are you Lucasfilm, okay? <laughs> like no one t- has no release or statement or article. Did she or not interview. do anything for the release of Mandalorian? No. Yeah, she so, wasn't in the. I I watched half of it, but she wasn't in that Mandalorian live show. Or whatever. I I don't believe so. I don't think so either. I think Filoni, Favreau, and probably. Uh, it was recorded. It wasn't live, I assume. Um, but yeah, so I think the last time, and correct us if if you have evidence of, of anything real, uh, we heard from her was August and her saying that we're taking a step back to figure out what George would have wanted or something. And they, they still, it's funny, Star Wars, people who create Star Wars content talk about George Lucas like he's dead. <laughs> well, what, what George would have wanted. <laughs> What would jo- what would George have done? Why don't you when- give him a call? <laughs> give him a ring. Hey George, what do you think about this? What? I mean, so we just Darth we just Maul recently and did who? An- what? <laughs> we just recently did an uh, an earnings call. Was that was was who was on Chap- that? Was Bob that- Chappick. That was Bob Chappick. Bob yeah. too. Uh- all right, I was going to say I was going to say that being said, when was the last time we heard like Disney right now is losing billions of dollars? When was the last time we heard from their president or anything? Yeah. Um but I I mean I guess that's a that's a 
that's a point we did just here because of the earnings call. But I mean, it's not like we're regularly hearing from those people either, you know? No, no, no. And that that's fine. But I mean, I think on the content side of things, you would think that you would get some sort of a quote or statement or interview or it's the Star Wars show. Here's Kathleen Kennedy. Kathleen, are you so excited are you for season two of The Mandalorian? Everyone loves Baby Yoda. Oh, I know. Don't you like my new jacket? This is so cool. Oh, I love being a part of Star Wars. And, you know, just George created this thing. And we're so excited to carry the t- all the statements. Boom, 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 boom. Nothing. Nothing. Interesting. The state of Star Wars right now for me is the Mandalorian. And then once that happens, I will be sad again. You know what also? <laughs> I love the fun stuff though. Like the Lego Star Wars holiday special is like so important right now. Yeah, it's yeah. It's such a such a fun thing. It's obviously out now. Uh to people can keep watching it. And it's one of those things like kick you off in that holiday spirit, like, oh, it's life day, and here we go, and we're <laughs> we're doing this whole thing, and it's just got that fun vibe to it. And I feel like it's one of those things that fans can really just enjoy and have fun with and, and remember the fun aspect of being a Star Wars fan. More of that stuff I, I would like to see too, blending in, uh, whether it's Lego or not, but just like some fun maybe shorts. Like they have the Toy Story shorts um, we throw on for my son all the time. I like the Galaxy of Adventure yeah. stuff. Yeah, like that stuff. Like maybe do some more Galaxy galaxy's edge stuff like maybe film some stuff inside galaxy's edge since you have don't really have people there anyway you can do some like side adventure stuff and, and put it on disney plus that was, like, a, that was a will of the force question <laughs> will they ever shoot live action star oh, wars right. in yeah. galaxy's edge so yeah i mean you there's know, a lot they can do and then a lot a lot excites me about that you know i'm not trying to just be conspiracy guy about kathleen kennedy here but i really do think there's going to be in the next year when we do this next year, hopefully the three of us still doing this thing, fall 2021 state of Star Wars. What does that think, mean? <laughs> well, I'm just saying I hope so. <laughs> you know, I'm just saying I, I think I think everything's going to look a lot different. I have this weird feeling that things are going to be a lot different uh, at Lucasfilm with Star Wars and, um, and Disney. I'm going to be that much well, more charming. <laughs> Um, is that even? I have possible? another. <laughs> Thanks. John. I have another angle here that we haven't uh, that we haven't tackled, um, and maybe get your guys' opinion on this. So, I feel like the last time we really checked in with EA, it was they were they did battlefront and people didn't were kind of like whatever about that because of their history of like how they run their company with like micro transactions and all sorts of other things and then i feel like if that if that concept or ea creating star wars games was a pimple like battlefront 2 was like <laughs> the biggest zit you've ever seen really it was, it, was like, it was so successful people still play that no no that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying when it comes to EA's reputation for being money hungry and a horrible company because they're ripping you off with microtransactions and all that, that was at its head uh, at Battlefront 2. And then it became like it, it blew up when like the game leaked or whatever. This was like years and ago, though. We're talking about current it, state. Lacey, I will get there. <laughs> You're not letting me explain it. And when all of that stuff blew up and it was like the news for a while that that the EA was going to rip off fans again and all that, they got rid of it. 
They completely eliminated it from the culture and Battlefront 2 from that point on went on to become a very successful beloved game in the Star Wars world and we now have Jedi Fallen Order did not go into that world at all and it was very successful very well beloved fans liked it we now just dropped squadrons squadrons again came a uh, uh, cheaper than a regularly priced game mm-hmm. it's still not opened i didn't open John it yet everyone's out. so mad i know our patrons are really mad at me right now guys um sorry squadrons sold for less right than now. the price of a normal game but it did have a full story mode that people enjoyed and the the multiplayer has been very well received uh, despite the fact that it's not uh, a, a money hungry game where they're uh, nickel and diming you on everything. So I feel like the last time we were kind of looking at, at the state of Star Wars when it comes to the video games world was a very like get EA out of it, the out of there. And I feel like it's turned around. People really like what they're doing with the games, and I they look forward a... to EA doubling down yeah. and starting to release more games. I mean, am, am I crazy? I've always been a big EA fan. That's a fan. positive. Yeah, I've always been a big EA fan because I loved uh, Madden football as a kid. I love um, MVP baseball, like EA Sports. It's in the game. Like that started almost every game I had mm-hmm. <laughs> growing up. So I'm biased because I always uh, appreciate electronic arts. Um, and it's hard for me to comment on this. So I'm going to toss it to Lacey because I'm just I just opened my first Star Wars game in like 15 years. Literally just opened it. <laughs> Well, the last time we did one of these was over the summer, so it's hard for me to say that the state of Star Wars has changed with EA because it changed when we did the last one of these. I think EA was in bad graces with fans with the microtransactions years ago, but as soon as Jedi Fallen Order came out, that changed immediately, and now we're into squadrons, so I get what you're saying, but I don't know if I agree with, like, now all of a sudden fans are good with them i think they were good when jedi fallen order came out well i don't even know Mm. if we really talked about games in the last time we did the little state of star wars episode i'm just talking about since the disney acquisition and how where things are going and where we're at today i feel like it used to be that that fans absolutely hated ea and wanted to get rid of it and we've gone full circle on that, and now we're and now fans are generally okay with the games that they produce. And would w- the only thing now is I, oh, we wish they would do more. I, I do feel like if you if it was like a political polls and you did approval ratings, EA would be doing much better right now than they were a year ago or whenever the like you say the add-on stuff was going on with the. Buy more extra stuff. I agree. Do you want to say that was two years ago? When did when did Battlefront? It was it was before Battlefront Two even came out because it was like a leak, wasn't it? Of like the third. No, it was when it launched. They had microtransactions. It's like two years ago. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then they came out like as a company, and they were like, "We're not doing it. We're giving you the game. Mm. Everything's unlockable." unlockable based on how you did this and i understand like the last time we did this episode it was april 13th 2018 yeah 2018 yeah which is when ea came out and said they vowed to be better about battlefront lacy joined trb 
And then everything, look at everything got better. I know. It's just, it's all me, obviously. <laughs> everything, everything got better. Everything. Got, no. Um, last thing, one thing I want to bring up before we, we're up on an hour, I guess. And I mean, I'll stay here all night. I love people hanging out in the base with us here. But um, you Mandalor- get up at like 3 a.m. Mandalorian season two. <laughs> Uh, do I have to? I thought I can do it at like six. No, you have to do it at three. We want the episodes out at seven, John. Yeah, John. So, so I, I watch it get... six, do my minute, and shoot it over to you. You know it's going to be longer than that, so you have to get up earlier than that. Listen, <laughs> yeah, I think break, I started editing my episode at like five thirty. All right, whatever. We're breaking the fourth wall here. I got my tea, the resistance brew here. So, we're good. <laughs> um, the the Mandalorian season two. Like it's after uh, the second episode, you know, there's, you know, fans have issues and, and all that stuff going on. There feels like there's the first like shot to the bow side of the Mandalorian. It is, it can bleed. It's vulnerable. Um, but if you think back to last year, you, you forget that after the second episode, you had Star Wars novel writers taking shots at Jon Favreau for not having diversity or whatever. Where's Cara Dune? Remember, they were like screaming, we need, where's, where's our hero? Where's Gina Carano? We want her. And now a year later, it's a different story. But it's funny, you had like E.K. Johnson taking public shots at Jon Favreau after the second episode. It's like, everyone just calm down. Like, and then, cause, cause then the third episode comes out directed by Deborah Chow and everyone's like, oh my God, it's the greatest show ever. It's the greatest show. So I think people need to chill out a little bit. Um, and, you know, breaking the fourth wall again, you know, we we are recording this before having seen chapter uh, 11. But it, it just seems like it's a week to week thing. And then I think by the end of the when we see the entire package of season two, I think it'll be viewed again as a very favorable thing. Um, it's just another one of those minor bumps in the road and people can be like, oh man, like next year when we're talking about season three and we're in the mix, we're going to be like, oh man, I totally forgot about that whole thing with Frog Lady and stuff last year. Like, oh man, remember that? That was crazy. So I think when it's so white hot and people are so crazy about it, they're like, oh man, Mandalorian, like, I don't know. I don't know. We want to cancel that person. We don't want them hired anymore and, and we don't like that decision and stuff. But I think but at the end of the day, when it's all eight chapters are packaged and done, watched, I think people are going to look at it and be like, they did it again. They did you know, a great job. It, it, it's nowhere near the same as Star Wars, but the, with Dragon Ball stuff, there's like one major Dragon Ball fan site. And the guy who runs the podcast for that show, he says, you know what I hate? I hate when, there's, when they're doing the show and every week after every episode, there's all these people that come out and review it and all that stuff. And we're part of that too. We're, we're in that culture, but we, we like it and we try to keep it positive. Yeah. But he says, you can't review something episodic like that. You have to see the whole picture. You have to wait until it's out. He goes, we, we on our show and our podcast and our website, we don't talk about our opinions on, the arcs until they're through until they're done. And we've even sat with them a while because we know even if it's like 
day one after that stuff is over, our opinions are going to be completely different than where they're going to be in, in a year from now or, or two years from now or 10 years from now. We're going to look at those things differently. And it's not to say don't have an opinion when the episodes drop or whatever. But I always thought that was kind of insightful uh, when I take it, when I look back at, at Star Wars and stuff too, because every week, you know, every like, or a new movie comes out, everybody's like, I hated it. And then they sit with it for a while and then they're like, okay, it wasn't as bad. I just got a lot of retweets and likes for being the guy that was like, I hated it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so kind of kind of an, an insightful thing, and I know we're part of that too because every week we're releasing two episodes to talk about where Star Wars is at currently, um, and it's kind. Of, I think there's a lot of wisdom in looking at the franchise as a bigger thing than you know every three days. <laughs> yeah, you know every three days where are we at? And I think that's why an episode like this, the state of Star Wars, and looking back at the last couple of years, like where have we where have we gotten to? Um, where are we going? Yeah, is is a good way to look at uh, a franchise, and and I love where we even started with this by saying like, you know, we get these movies and we have our pace, you know, and now that doesn't exist. What's our new pace? Where are we at? What's going to be the pace in the future? It's interesting to think about. Yeah, Lacey, any final thoughts? Uh, the current state of Star Wars. I like Star Wars, and. <laughs> I'm excited to be watching The Mandalorian every week and having the excitement of every Friday waking or staying up every Friday to watch it and then Mm. talk about it. And I'm going to be very sad when it's over. And I think that despite what people like or dislike online, I think everybody needs to appreciate that we're getting new Star Wars and that Star Wars, like the world around us, is always changing. So, uh I don't know, maybe just focus on what you do like, enjoy it, have a good time, and then just kind of, you're free to voice your criticisms and and what you don't like, but just realize that words matter. Yeah, I I agree with that. And I I would advise this, like, I'll never forget walking out of uh, the Rise of Skywalker premiere. Obviously, we hadn't there's no experience in terms of like what other people thought about it. And we just had our own personal thoughts on what we thought about the movie. And I was like, man, I'm so happy. That's a relief. That's not going to be controversial. I really enjoyed that movie. Boy, was I wrong. I had a feeling. But but me having that experience, I'll never lose that. Sure. Uh, I'll always have that feeling and no one can take that from me. So the, the reason why I bring that up is, Watch The Mandalorian or watch Star Wars and maybe write down your thoughts about it or record a video of your thoughts about it before going to find out what everyone else thinks about it and adjusting your opinion so that you fit in with the masses. Mm -hmm. Don't be like, oh, I'm going to go online and tweet about, I love that episode. And then you hear everyone complaining about or having a problem with it. You're like, oh, well, I guess I'll have a problem with it too. Like, just think for yourself, have your own opinion, even if it's not in agreement with the masses. If if you like the holiday special, the original Star Wars holiday special, wear it proudly, you know? Mm-hmm. like so, so just let yourself enjoy Star Wars to yourself first before you take to, to online. And I, I think that's an important thing. And I've been trying to do... I'm not trying to preach, but it, that I like that for myself. And I think that's a good thing to do. Um, so just, you know, if you want to do that, do it. If not, say go to hell, John. And, that, and that's that. Uh, but 
Um, I thought this was cool, but you know, we're up uh, on the time here. So uh, I think maybe it is time to hear from uh, the resistance. Yeah. So guys, it's time for resistance transmissions. So as you guys know, every week, John puts up a crazy, wacky situation and you guys give your answers. And I don't know what the scenario is. I don't know what the answers are. And we see what happens and we go with it. All right. So do the Leo DiCaprio face. What? The Django the Leo, Leo face. face. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So the scenario is Maul is flooded by phone calls after the news that George Lucas intended on bringing him back in early ideas for a sequel trilogy. He ignores all calls sending them to answer his answering machine. He still has one of those. What is Maul's outgoing message? <laughs> the, you know what I thought of when I read this was um, that I've, I've put everybody to voicemail. <laughs> I'm that person that lets it ring. And just because I'm like, oh, I'll reply later. Do you have phone call anxiety? I mean, I have all types of anxiety. I don't know if phone call falls into that i just always tend to let it go to voicemail to see what people want first this person is calling are you like usually with my parents because it's usually like (laughs) except bill gill i always pick up for bill gill so basically just my mom but anyway (laughs) uh all right so first up is andrew staley at deuce underscore staley who said you have reached mall no longer darth mall just mall if this is Obi-Wan Kenobi, please leave your exact coordinates. <laughs> <laughs> if you are not Kenobi, lightsaber stabs caller through the phone. <laughs> that is some, that's a little force projection yeah. type stuff. I like that. Next up is Corey Sanford at underscore C Sanford, who says, uh, music starts playing and Maul starts singing. Believe it or not, Maul isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. <laughs> Seinfeld. <laughs> Next is Keith Miller at K Miller NC, <laughs> who said, This is Don't Call Me Darth Maul. I'm either hiding again or I'm out with Boba and Phasma for our weekly AVLST. Awesome villain lacking screen time support group meetings. <laughs> <laughs> Leave a message only if you mean it. Beep. Mm-hmm. All right. Next up is Skywalker at Dog Skywalker, who said, this is Maul. I missed your call. Call you back after the fall. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Next up is Geeky Gator Crocodile at at the underscore Geeky Gator, who said, you've reached Darth Maul. For Crimson Dawn business questions, press one. If you've seen my lost Kenobi flyers and know his location, press two. Now, (laughs) if you are Steve, my mechanic, my leg mechanic, press three and you have you better have good news. Lastly, if you're that kid who keeps calling for Kira, stop. (laughs) Fair. I, I have a pet peeve, not with this particular thing, but with all of these. And it's the it's the please listen closely as our menu options have changed. No, they haven't. I, like, <laughs> no, they haven't. You have not been changing them. And nobody, <laughs> literally nobody 
is so familiar with your buttons that they'd have to be like, oh, I, I know it's four. Oh, wait. Never mind. Hold on. I better listen. Their menu options have changed since the last time I pushed the button. It's literally nobody. And I don't know why it's on every single business prompt. Please listen carefully as our menu options have changed. No. Take it out. Get rid of it. It makes me so mad. <laughs> it's a lie. They're lying to you right there just to start off the message. Corporate lie. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Next up is Jedi Dave at Jedi Dave 74 who said, leave a message at the tone and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. <laughs> Pretty straightforward. <laughs> Next is Matt Ham at Matt Ham. He definitely got his handle, John. Oh, way to get your handle, Matt. <laughs> and yeah, he, he said, get his handle. hello, gotcha mercilessly and without compromise leave a message after the saber ignition sound nice. <laughs> and next up is sam whitwer at is this sam whitwer it is oh my god <laughs> <laughs> did he actually reply to this he did i'll tell you why in a second um oh. so yeah. sam whitwer at sam whitwer who's that <laughs> said Kenobi <laughs> he just typed a bunch of and then beep <laughs> so so Adam Odell commented instead of leaving one of his he said um, Sam Whitwer you should record one and send it in and Sam types that response out wow that's cool this is the so craziest that, thing i've ever read in the transmissions <laughs> thank you sam and good job the guy Adam, who lure actually out. plays darth maul <laughs> sam, yeah we got darth it. maul come on the show yeah. <laughs> i did write i said sam come on the show we promise we will make you scream kenobi but i'll probably ask you about dexter wow i'm like in shock this is really cool thanks sam <laughs> i and saw it earlier and i was job, like Adam. there's no way that's real <laughs> no yeah he did it yeah John, you said you can do well, a, Kenu a Kenobi yell. I want to hear mark, it. So I, I recorded a Kenobi yell. It will not be released until we hit 10,000 subscribers on YouTube. I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> it is now. All right. Well, anyway, guys, thank you so much. That was the craziest. Or, or 200 patrons. Okay. Uh, guys, thank you so much for your answers. If you want to be on the show, like Sam Whitwer, <laughs> make sure to follow us on Twitter at R-B-A-T-S-W-N-N and follow during the week. John puts up a situational. You give your answers or hashtag resistance transmissions and you can be on the show. Back to you, John. Thanks, everybody, for listening and watching, being a part of the TRB. Uh, we hope you like the state of Star Wars. Um there's plenty we could talk about obviously so if there's things that uh, you want to throw at us maybe we can talk about on the next one uh leave it in the comments hit us up on twitter like Lacey said at rbatswnn uh or email us if you're a little shy that's okay resistancebroadcast at gmail.com uh i think our dms are open too i don't know if i should have said that or not but our dms are open on twitter. <laughs> uh but subscribe to the show on youtube um because we have the Mando Fan Show coming at you live tomorrow night at 8.30 East. Katrina Dennis is going to be joining us to talk about Chapter 12 of The Mandalorian. Uh, 
it's a fun time when you join us live. Our you know people who have been doing it could tell you the live chat is always very busy and very fun, and we pull things. Uh, Lacey grabs things from there and pulls them up on the screen, and it adds mm-hmm. to the conversation. Sometimes we miss stuff, and uh, I like the fact that when we miss stuff, sometimes instead of hearing it after the fact that we put the episodes out, you tell us right then and there, and we're like, oh, right, 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 and we had to talk about it then. I think that's a really cool part of the live show. Yeah. Um, and and when you subscribe, you got to click the bell too because that gives you notifications on when we do go live and post yeah. extra like content case... outside of episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. Hit the bell. Uh, the little. Uh, you get my minute. Bell. My Mandalorian yeah. minute. Um. Yeah. Right. So yeah, uh, we're gonna do that uh, first thing in the morning. Uh, but yeah, the Mando Fan Show tomorrow night. But again, three episodes every week. Yeah, TRB Mondays, Thursdays, and the Mando Fan Show. So definitely subscribe. Not only just on YouTube, but also your favorite podcast app because the Mando Fan Show will be found there, and uh, uh, all of our episodes for all of our things. So you know where to go. Spotify, Podbean, SoundCloud, wherever. Teespring.com/slash/stores/slash/resistance/broadcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to get some of our swag, get the Mando Fan Show shirt. You got the other Mando Fan Show shirt with Moff Gideon on it. Makes a little too happen. All of our cool swag over there. Uh, and of course, makes a little too happen pins. If you want to get your pin and oh, promote yeah. beyond social media and spread the word, that's a great way to do it too. Uh, makes a little too happen pin. Um, StarWarsNewsNet.com for all of your Star Wars news. And of course, we do written reviews of The Mandalorian also over there. Uh, everyone on the team is, has been doing one every week and uh, uh, doing a great job. And that's about it. So uh, on behalf of James and Lacey, I'm John, and we'll see you tomorrow morning on The Mando Fan Show. And of course, Monday morning right here on The Resistance Broadcast. See you around, kids. <laughs>